Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. Hello, my sweetness, my baby, my loving. I'm all ready with my tonic and gin, so I'm loosened up. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad that you are. I'm glad you are. Um, all right, so today's topic is going to be more of songs and guilty pleasures. So well, I was qu- thinking before we go into this, there were some other things that I thought were kind of cute to talk about, you know, just sure. loosely. I remember I told you, after you get off the air with me, I always think of all these interesting stories. <laughs> I think what it is, when we get on the air, the adrenaline starts running, we're nervous, people are going to listen to this, and so our brains go into, like, fight or flight move. That was the problem. Okay. So anyway, I was listening to uh, Rabbi Gordon. I don't know, did you ever hear Rabbi Gordon's joke about the Jew traveling through Texas? Um, with his hat? The hat no. story? No, not the hat story. But anyway, okay. so for those people who have heard this joke, I, my apologies, but this was pretty, it was a, this was a really funny joke. Anyway, Rabbi Gordon was um, talking about, there was chapter 21 of Tanya, and it was talking about the Pintel Yid, how uh, the Jewish Neshama is a part of God himself, and that because of this, even Jews that are so far away from Judaism that have no connection whatsoever, that when they're like pushed up against the wall, so to say, or the chips are down, will still, their Judaism will still come up, that their sense of being Jewish will always come out in the end. So the story is that there's this totally assimilated Jew, you know, never kept anything in his life, and he's uh, traveling through the Midwest, around Texas. You know, he's a short guy, small guy, dark, you know, what you would think is your typical looking New York Jew. And he's on this train and this big, tall, blonde hair, blue eyed Texan with a 10 gallon hat and and boots comes past the car that he's riding in. And he looks around and he says, any Jews in this car? And right away, the Jewish man thinks, oh, my God, I'm riding through Texas and this is a big I say Aryan looking guy. He says, probably, God forbid, Aryan nation, clan, who knows, you know, whatever. And he says, I'm not going to say anything. I- I'm, I'm scared for my life. And the guy looks around again. He looks and he yells out, come on, y'all cowards, y'all yellow bellies, speak up. Any Jews here? And again, the Jewish man is really scared. He's, he's not going to say anything. He really feels like this is not a good situation. And again, the Texan yells out, come on, what's the matter with you? Be proud of yourself. Speak up. I know there's got to be one of you at least. Come on, any Jews here? So finally, the Jewish man can't take it anymore. And he gets up and he looks this you know, guy right in the eye and he says, yes, I'm a Jew. And the man looks at him and says, today's my pappy's yard site, and we need you for a minion in the next car. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. Um, yet anything else you wanted to add, you said? Or it was just that yeah, one little was, joke? Yeah, so I was thinking this past week, you know, I work in an infant daycare. Yeah. And so this past week, it was kind of on the chilly side. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the kids were wearing, you know, like um, the, you know, like warmer type, um, how do you say, onesies, 
outfits, you know, with the footies and everything, you know, they were, they were just more warmly. So I was thinking as I was changing them and having to take their clothes off and putting their clothes back on, changing them, I was noticing something interesting about baby clothes um, and also cold weather, that there are some mothers that send their babies to, um, that really basically put their babies in what I call the safety deposit boxes. Mm-hmm. And when you have to change a diaper, it's a pain. They put on a bunting outfit. They put on um, onesie pajamas underneath that. They put on a onesie t-shirt and you have to unbutton and unbutton and unsnap and unbutton till you get to that diaper and finally manage to change the poor kid. So as I was putting this one outfit back on one of the babies, this outfit was one of these baby outfits where you needed a PhD in engineering to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Some are easy. Some baby outfits, you just slip them in, you zip them up in the front, bingo, finished. Others, they don't zip up in the front. They don't zip up in the back. You have to put it on in the front, turn it around on the back, and it's like a whole system of snaps or buttons that you have to very teeny little snaps and buttons that very dexterously with your fingers, you have to snap and snap and snap and maybe re-snap and not quite get it, but snap again. And they go this way. And maybe then they go that way. And then maybe they go another way. And then there's the outfits, the baby outfits that are from Europe. that are like very, very expensive, like the pretty Shabbos or Yanta baby outfits that have all these teeny little itsy bitsy buttons and buttonholes. And you have to take the edge of your fingernails to get those little, little buttons in those teeny little holes. And of course, there's lots of them that go all the way down, all the way up. Mm. <laughs> those are the things I think about at work. But it's really funny, you know, when you work in an infant daycare, yeah. you come home, like I would come home, you know, to you guys, your father, you know, dinner time. And, you know, you could talk about work, you talk about school, you talk about this. What uh, can I, what type of appetizing conversation can I contribute after working all day in a baby daycare center? I don't know. You got to try harder. Like, you should have seen that. You know what did I change today? Man, I had to take that kid to the bathroom and totally give him an entire bath. 100%. 100%. So um, we wanted to ask you, what is your favorite song? My favorite song. You know something? There have been a couple songs. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite song. My favorite. Oh, of course, Simon and Garfunkel, Sounds of Silence. Really? I didn't know that was your favorite song. You bet. That, that is a classic, man. No one can ever get tired of that song. Did I ever tell you about that sociological study I did once? What? On music and eth- um, when I was in high school, my senior year of high school, I was taking sociology. We had to do an actual sociological study. So I, my study was on popular music tastes correlated to ethnic groups. And what I did was I went around to different neighborhoods, different schools, got permission from the principals to go in and to, um, do this study in their school with their, with like older kids, like um, these were like seventh graders, seventh, eighth graders. 
Yeah. And I passed out this questionnaire about who their favorite music group was, what their favorite song was. And I went from school to school to school, all these different ethnic neighborhoods. Basically, I concentrated on Pikesville for the Jewish neighborhood. I went down to, I forgot what school I went to for um, the black community. I forgot what school I went to for that. And. Um, Hello? Ema, I can't hear you. Ema, you went on silent. I cannot hear you. Um, I hear you. Okay, I can hear you again. You mean now? Okay, I can hear fine. you now. Okay. Something, was, something was up with your connection. Whatever you said back, okay. we, didn't, we didn't have it on. Okay, and so when I, when I went to Towson, uh, to Towson High, I think it was Towson High I went to, the principal there was really mean to me and he wouldn't let me do my study. And so I went to Dr. Kranzler at Towson State University, he told him about the problem I was having. And when I told him about this principal, he goes, oh, him. He says he's anti-Semitic. He says he's had dealings with this guy before, you know. So he, he suggested, um, I think it was Delaney Valley he sent me to, and um, I did it in Delaney Valley. And when I, um, of course, I looked over all the papers, did my plotting, did my graphs. And sure enough, there was definitely a correlation between ethnic group and music and popular music taste. The Jewish kids, was all si it was all Simon and Garfunkel, favorite group. The black kids, I think at the time it was Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. And the white Anglo kids was all country Western stuff. Interesting. Interesting. So your favorite song is Simon and Garfunkel's Sounds of Silence. I would have to say so, yeah. So what song do you like but you don't like admitting to? Um, well, I'll tell you, there have been some, it's sad to say that there's a couple songs that the lyrics are filthy, are really X-rated, but the music is so darn catchy that it's a pity that, you know, it's like you, you'll enjoy listening to this music, but the lyrics are hard, the, the lyrics are so filthy. Um, like there's that one, I don't know what it's called, but it's very rhythmic. It's about, it's about a guy um, doing a virgin. Oh, really? I think it's called She's a Good Girl. Do, 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 woo, do, 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 woo. She's a good girl. Do, 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 do. You know, very, very catchy tune. Another one, of course, that everybody's familiar with in my age group is the um, Sharona. My Sharona? That, yeah. That, you know, the lyrics, of course, are pretty filthy, but the music is just so, you know, it's a very, very, again, very rhythmic, very catchy. Another song, which I'm so sorry to say is, uh, of course, you know, something religiously that I can't listen to that we shouldn't, you know, I can't listen to is, of course, you know, you know, Spirit in the Sky. Oh, I actually was That's, just listening to that earlier today. Yeah. Yeah, and, Spirit in the um, Sky. I remember when it first came out when I was in college mm -hmm. and they were saying, I don't know how true it is, but they were saying that Norman, this Norman Greenbaum was a uh, messianic Jew. I don't know if he really was. Yeah, you never know about these people. Sometimes they pretend to be Jewish. Sometimes they take on a Jewish name. Uh, sometimes it's it's a father or a grandfather that was Jewish, but they're not Jewish because um, they were not Jewish. He on was their raised side. Orthodox Orthodox Jew. You're kidding me. Oh, that's sad. So um, when the when the song came out, I probably talked about this on an earlier podcast that my Goisha friends 
came over to me and they go, hey, did you hear that new song, Spirit in the, si in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum? You know, and of course they- Oh, it's into funny. Me and they, yeah. He and talks so about to, it, actually. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. he, he says he didn't mean it for it to be Christian. He just, he just needed something, but it wasn't, it was a spirit in the sky. He wasn't really talking about Jesus. He was just talking about like, something he, and he, needs to... he says he says jesus i got a friend in you you know he says that yeah but that wasn't that he wasn't trying to make it christian that's the whole thing but it was i mean he said it clearly it's not like he said i have a friend in the lord i have a friend in god he said he said specific name Look, because of that particular deity you know some amaratsum they don't really understand what they're saying you know what i mean maybe he did teshuva Maybe, maybe he did Yeshiva, Emma. You're right. You're absolutely right. He probably did Yeshiva. Um, I hope he did, for his sake. For his sake. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so I, I answered my Goisha, I just looked at my Goisha friends and I said to them, yes, traitors and renegades are in all forms of life. Yeah, no, not necessarily. Um, mm. So the other question I had for you was, what is your guilty pleasure? I can't answer that. It's X-rated. You know, that's flow of God. Please just be, be a BPG. I'm not trying <laughs> to ask pleasure. questions like okay. that. Okay. Please. My guilty God, pleasure is chocolate. Stop. Chocolate. Thank you. Chocolate. You have to ask nuts and way. nuts so of annoying. chocolate. Why? Yeah. What's so bad about it? It's just I just don't want to hear it. I I, I I'm don't want to hear it. I'm human, aren't I? Well, remember what I always told you, kids. As far as you guys are concerned, uh, I'm the Virgin Mary, Mary and you're all the immaculate conception. What do you yes. mean? Are you Christian? Is that, you said that because you're Christian. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I figured it worked for her. It can work for me. That Ooh. was her. That was her excuse. I have a question. What are the worst yeah. questions to ask on a first date? Ones you're asking now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a burn. <laughs> Um, Remember, I took fencing in college, and you left yourself wide open for that, for that, uh, you know, for that uh, touche. <laughs> oh gosh, weird questions to ask off first. Yeah, hmm. questions for the. You know, I, I, you know, I find that one of the problems with dates and with like first dates in general, mm -hmm. breaking the ice, is that. You want to keep the conversation going that if the conversation gets to a, like a lull, like to, a, you know, and there's like, if you go through five minutes of no talking, mm -hmm. like we did, like we did on our last podcast. Oh God. I yeah. Out of being, I was just coming out of being sick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the way, I want to say, I want to thank God. I want to say, Baruch Hashem. I went for a bunch of tests yesterday and I do not, thank God. I, I do not have COVID. I'm very Wonderful. happy. Thank God. Wonderful. Thank God. That's good. Okay. So anyway, um, uh, so, and you know, and when there's that level, it's like, it's just so uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but when you stop to think about it, you know, why, like what law is there that says you must keep the conversation going? I mean, well, can't you kind of sit there in a little bit of silence and kind of just enjoy being with each other, each other's company? Do you have to keep talking? No, you're right. You're right. I agree. I think it's very important to enjoy and appreciate the other person's silence. I think silence in a relationship is, it can be very, very strong and very powerful. 
by the way, what is there about this podcast? Somehow, whenever I get on the cell phone, not just this podcast, but whenever I talk to people on the cell phone, I have a tendency to raise my voice. Just you like feel like you're not tendency. listening to you. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's something about the technology. Like your father used to complain about that. Whenever I'd get on my cell phone, he would say, why are you screaming? And I stopped myself. I said, you know, you're right. I didn't realize it. There's mm. something about the cell phone. Do, I, do you have that? Do other people have that tendency to talk louder on a cell phone? No. I mean, I think what it is, is it's just being comfortable with the technology and learning how to work with it. I think a lot of times people don't know or they're not sure or they're unaware of the the technology sensitivity. So you feel like you have to overcompensate. But in general, I, I don't. I mean, I have Bluetooth and whatnot. Um, I have on my phone and I talk and I, I kind of keep a regular voice, even keel. The cat's on the table is about to go for my gin and tonic. Oh, no you got to watch out for that. Go away, cat. Imagine how this cat would look if she got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So anyway, um, what I want to say, oh, darn it, the first time I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, we're talking technology. Yeah. So I was, remember, before we started the podcast, I mean, every podcast, you set us up on Zoom. And I wanted to know, since I'm among the technologically challenged, how you all do that? Do what? Get on Zoom? Yeah, how do you, how do you set up the whole thing? Like, how did you, you open up a, a open scratch? up Zoom? You click open meeting, you click start meeting, and then you do re hit record. But when, how do you get like um, the, <coughs> like the meeting numbers and it's the, the, when you hit I, invite, you have a, you have a, <coughs> you have a notification that says the, a, a button that says invite, you click on invite. And then you have the the member number and the passcode. Ah, so that's how you set it up. So does it cost money to like join and set up meetings? And stuff it doesn't like cost that? money. It doesn't cost money except if you have, like, if you, or if like Zoom started having this thing where they have a limited amount of time you can be on Zoom. So in Zoom, I think it's forty minutes. On Google Meets, Meet um, is like an hour. Um, and then you just record the meeting and that's how it works. Ah, and then how do you post it? Uh, no, you record it, you save it, you, and then you post it up. Usually I use anchor. It's a podcast um, company that I post all my stuff up and then I okay. connect and I connect. It's connected yeah. to Spotify and all these other podcast, um, websites. And that's how I get, that's how I get connected. Yeah. You are, you are also technologically astute. I am impressed. Mm, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I have another question. Um, mm -hmm. When did you realize you were getting old? I don't know what you're talking about. I, I know you're, <laughs> I know you're <laughs> young and spry. <laughs> spry, but I'm talking about like, you know, when you went ahead and you realized like a show that you really enjoyed was, you know, 13 years ago and not like two days ago. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's been, that, that, that comes like every, it comes, it's a very gradual process, but I'll tell you a funny story. Um, this, uh, one of my, um, uh, one of the people I work for called me in a panic one morning and said she had an important meeting to go to and that her housekeeper that usually comes and watches the kids for her, something happened that, she wasn't well that day. She couldn't come. Can I please rush right over? 
And I said, sure, I wouldn't mind. And I came over, you know, to watch her kids and um, until she came back from her meeting. So anyway, so I said, what happened to your house? So she said, the housekeeper recovered and is now back. So I said, what happened to your housekeeper? She goes, oh, well, she's getting old. She's like 76 years old. And I said to her, 76 is not old. (laughs) That's awesome. But it's so funny, like, um, I'm trying to think. I remember, um, I remember when the graduate came out. Mm-hmm. I think I was in high school, and when the graduate came out, it was oh my god, that movie was all the rage. Oh yeah. my goodness, all the all the high school kids love that love that movie. Yeah, and of course, Simon and Garfunkel's you know music was one of the main contributing factors that really made it a very excellent movie. Yeah, but then later on, then later on, they put it on television. I forgot how old I was. I think I, did I graduate college? Was I in my last year or something when they put it on television? And the next day, I remember me and my friends saying, hey, did you see the graduate on TV last night? Yeah. And we all looked at each other and shook our heads and said, what did we ever see in that movie? I don't know. I actually, I saw it. I liked it. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a very interesting movie. Um, have you ever seen any documentaries, though, about how it was made? That evidently he and Anne Bancroft were, you know, were not that much far apart in age. He was like 28, and she was like, um, she was only six years older than he was. She was like 34. Oh, really? She wasn't, yeah, of course, they, they probably made her look like older and more middle-aged, but she wasn't that much older than he was when they made that movie. Um, there's also, I remember when you hit, I'll tell you, when you hit 30-ish, when you hit 30, I found that's when the reality sank in that I'm not immortal. I think up to the age of 30, you feel like you're immortal. You feel like you're going to live forever. You're going, you feel like you can do anything. You can be anything. You can do anything. Somehow you hit that 30-ish mark, 30, 33, and it occurs to you, hey, you know, um, I can't do everything. I'm not immortal. And I, and I am a fallible, you know, relatively fallible, you know, human beings <laughs> as compared to other species <laughs> are really very weak. <coughs> you okay there? Yeah, it's um, my, my regular coughing thing acting up that I get every year, every season, which is what they discovered when I went to the ER yesterday and they ran all these tests. And found mm. that this was just a total, this is like some sort of like similar to asthma. It's like a seasonal type thing. So, um, you know, anyway, so the 30-ish mark, 30, 33 mark brings you to that reality. Um, 40, 40-ish, I think it's like, you know, in 10-year increments type things. Um, well, in my 40s, I'm very, I was very, very lucky. And thank God I was still able to have kids in my 40s. Well, yeah. into my 40s. In fact, I, you might, you know, the, I thank God um, your youngest sister I had when I was, thank God, 48. And I yeah. loved it. I'd say being an, being an older parent, you have more patience. You have more experience. It's, I would recommend it to anybody. <laughs> she, was, she was the ideal candidate, basically. And, <laughs> and she's the, the more pristine child of us all. <laughs> and... I'll tell you, when you hit like um, around my age bracket, <laughs> yeah, it's every, you know, it's, I'll tell you the truth. I don't even want to think about it because 
I think in yeah, you think in terms of um, I hate to say it, but <laughs> you kind of start thinking in terms of I guess I hate to say it, the next world. Yeah. And I like I, I you know I get whenever I get in those like mind sets mind frames, I say to myself, stop. I said your job is this world. This is why yep. you're here. This is why you're here. This is your job and focus on this. The next one will take care of itself. You just focus on this. It's also, once you lose, like when I lost my parents, Yeah, I was very, very lucky too in that regard because I was well into my 50s and still having to leave the show for, um, Yisker. for, for Yisker. And I remember how good that felt. I could hear I'm 54, I'm 55, I'm 56. I'm still leaving this show for Yisker. This feels great, you know? <laughs> you still feel you still have a little bit of the kid in you yeah and then when my parents passed away I think it was I was like in my early 60s um and I went into not quite a depression you would say but to a kind of like a mood for the for like the last next few months after they passed away where it was like why should I bother doing this why should I bother doing that we're all just gonna die What's the sense of it? And then I finally <laughs> one day said to myself, look, stop thinking in those terms. You're on this earth for a reason. Your mm -hmm. job is to do the job with the Goshmias that God gave you. That's your job. That's the job that God gave you right now. And, you know, when, when it happens, it happens. We have no control over it. True. And, you know, just focus on living and doing what you're supposed to be doing in this life. And that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for joining me. Um, and that is it for our recording. So hope you guys have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. All right. Love okay. you have a good job. It's funny. I love you. All right. Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother episode. Please like and subscribe our Facebook group at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother podcast and check out our YouTube channel, Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I know you'd like it and my mother would appreciate it too.